Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, I speak with Dennis Vig on the current developments and future growth areas for full waveform inversion. In this informative conversation, Dennis shares why it's necessary for FWI to utilize the full acquired wave field, how ocean bottom node surveys have impacted FWI, the next frontier for full waveform inversion, and his favorite feature of utilizing FWI in his work. This episode is sponsored by TGS. TGS offers a wide range of energy data and insights to meet the industry where it's at and where it's headed. TGS provides scientific data and intelligence to companies active in the energy sector, in addition to a global, extensive, and diverse energy data library. TGS offers specialized services such as advanced processing and analytics, alongside cloud-based data applications and solutions. For the link to Dennis's article, visit seg.org slash podcast. Now for our conversation. Well, let's, let's Dennis, let's get into this very interesting article. Full waveform inversion is always one of the most listened to episodes that we put out for Seismic Sound Off. So I know our listeners will be excited to, to hear more about what's going on in the latest with this technology. But I, I would like to start a little bit kind of at the beginning of full waveform inversion, how would you describe FWI to someone hearing about it for the first time? Yeah, so FWI is uh, what we call it uh, a data fitting uh, technique. So basically with uh, a starting uh, model, which can be very simple or more complicated, we are uh, predicting the the data with the final difference modeling on the grid of the real acquisition and we make a comparison between these two data sets and the differences are going to be what we call it uh, back projected from data domain to model space and this will be a update of uh, the initial or the certain velocity field which went into this simulation and of course we repeat this over and over again hundreds of times in order to develop a uh, a uh, very detailed uh, velocity field, which is probably a very good representation of the subsurface in terms of the, the velocities itself. So that would be FWI in nutshell. Well, speaking of FW, uh, FWI getting a, a better image of the subsurface, why is seismic imaging below complex overburden such as salt bodies, basalt flows, or shallow gas accumulations still so challenging? Yeah, that's a very nice, uh, very good question. It's, uh, basically, we have to look back in terms of the history of the model building. And uh, in Gulf of Mexico, as you mentioned, the salt uh, geometries play a big, big role in terms of the subsalt image because these uh, bodies are uh, complicated in, in shape and the velocity is very high, which... Uh, you can imagine if you make a little mistake, it will definitely reflect on the subsalt image. And we used to do this, uh, we call it sort of top-down approach in the past, which is uh, basically building uh, some velocity above the salt, then uh, picking the top of salt and making salt flood to pick the base. And then we start doing something in the deeper part of the model to, to put the image together with this velocity model. But unfortunately, this one is uh, prone 
to lots of errors because it includes uh, manual picking on an image in terms of determining the, the soul geometry shape. And uh, this makes uh, life very, very complicated to build a, a good soul geometry. And of course, uh, like maybe uh, 10 years ago, we used to do a so-called scenario testing of the soul geometries by changing certain parts of the soul to see how the subsoul image responds to this. And uh, of course, this again, we created hundreds of these scenarios, and it made life very difficult to pick the right choice. And this is what actually FWI is overcoming on this one. So it it gives us the chance to delineate the salt in an automated manner, as I mentioned previously in data domain, comparing the model data to the observed or acquired data. And based on the differences, we update the salt geometry, of course, uh, with the entire model altogether, not only the salt, but the salt is the key to improve the, the image. And this uh, uh, basically FWI gave us the chance to uh, make this one in a semi-automated manner. Of course, uh, you know, we can uh, discuss that uh, what are the obstacles to do it fully automatically. And one of the obstacles is the ultra-low frequencies. And uh, in 2004, Gerhard Pratt and uh, Drew Bedner they presented a very good exercise with FWI on this BP2004 model at the EAGE workshop. And they were the only ones that employed FWI to develop this blind test model. And they got a very exciting uh, recovery of the velocities. But the key to that one was they started with uh, very low frequencies between 0.3 and 0.5 hertz, which is uh, quite challenging, or I would say impossible to record in this time what we are living on right now. So these are these are the, the challenges and these are the changes what we did compared to the 10 years ago top-down approach and uh, we marched towards FWI. Why is it necessary for FWI to utilize the full acquired wave field? I mean, uh, that's uh, another good question. When we had successes in FWI 10 or maybe 15 years ago, we used to use only the, the diving waves. And the diving waves were, you know, basically rebuilding uh, gas pockets like uh, one of the famous examples back in 2010 from BP on the Walhall FWI exercise. But uh, in uh, especially in soil geometries and uh, complex uh, geologies, in order to update the entire uh, velocity model from top to bottom, uh, we need to use the, the full wave field. And full wave field uh, gives us quite a good constraints because the full wave field includes the multiples, for example, and includes the reflections and includes the diving waves. And all these uh, elements all together can give us updates and uh, definitely improvements in the velocity updating uh, technique, uh, as we call it FWI, rather than just relying on the purely on the on the diving waves. And as you may know, in complex areas, the diving waves are interfering with the loss of refractions and, and uh, multiples uh, 
and it's not easy to just separate them. And uh, it's it's a lot more robust if we rely on the full wave field rather than just a part of the wave field. You know, I want to ask a question that you asked directly in the article, and the name of your article is The Impact of Acquisition Geometry on Full Wave Form Inversion Updates. And the question you pose in there, how good must the deep part of the starting model be to avoid cycle skipping when explaining the data? Yeah, so again, just back to the history of, uh, you know, FWI in terms of the practical part of it, not the synthetic. So we employed FWI, as I said, more than a decade ago, but most of the time we had, uh, let's say, short offset data and uh, mostly streamer data. And uh, that was not necessarily a very good proposition for like complex geologies like in Gulf of Mexico. And uh, let's say in the last five, six years, the OBN acquisition took off and proven to be a very good friend of FWI to make uh, significant updates in the velocity model and changing the soil geometries. And recently what we did is uh, we started lengthening the offset. So the, like I said, uh, five to six years ago, the maximum offset was maybe like 23 kilometers. And now we are reaching the 50 and 50 plus kilometers in the offset lengths, which uh, really allows us to receive very deep diving waves, which are reaching basically the deep regime of the velocity field, which is, uh, let's say, uh, the carbonates and even below, even uh, the mother salt. And uh, obviously, ray pass on that one is quite long. And the errors in the ray pass, even small ones, can really impact the diving wave timings on the fire offsets. And uh, one thing is we need to make sure we are somewhere in the ballpark in terms of the forward modeling of these uh, long offset diving waves when compare it to the observed data. The other thing is, uh, as I said, when we go, went for this top-down approach in the old-fashioned uh, model building, we didn't really care about the deeper part of the section. We left it very plain vanilla. But in order to generate the diving waves, you need to put a gradient on that uh, deeper part to turn the ray b rays back. If you just keep it as plain vanilla, then the rays will never come back. So your prediction is going to be so far off from the observation that will uh, not produce uh, a very good update in the deeper part of the velocity model. Yeah, you, you're, you're talking there about OBN, which is ocean bottom node surveys. How, and you, you mentioned a little bit there, how have ocean bottom node surveys impacted FWI? I mean, it definitely unleashed the power of FWI in the last, uh, let's say, as I said, maybe five, six years in the Gulf of Mexico. As you may know, you barely see streamer acquisition in the Gulf of Mexico anymore. And uh, what happened is that the early OBNs, I mentioned maximum offset at 23, 25 kilometers, they were uh, denser node spacing, 400 and 450 meters uh, spacing. And of course, uh, basically that uh, limited uh, area what one could uh, acquire data above. And uh, 
recently by sparsening the node distance to 1.2 kilometer, in some places even 1.6 kilometer, allows us to cover bigger areas. So basically, uh, becoming a multi-client type of acquisition now rather than just proprietary prospect-oriented acquisition. And this uh, really unleashed a different world uh, in terms of uh, obviously covering uh, areas in the Gulf of Mexico by OBN and uh, developing velocity fields via FWI and producing significant uh, changes in the velocity by FWI. And of course, that will change the image significantly too. And the other positive development of the OBN is we are acquiring low frequencies, not the 0.5 hertz is, but uh, definitely between uh, 1 and 2 hertz. And this will uh, improve the, just the image itself and, of course, aids FWI significantly. What does the reflectivity image output from FWI provide that conventional migrated images do not? So that's a, that's a very, very, very interesting field again, which... Uh, Let's put it this way, we ignored it for a long time because uh, one of the reasons why it's uh, we didn't go very high frequencies with FWI and nowadays uh, maximum frequency in FWI is hitting maybe 50 hertz, but even Gulf of Mexico is uh, around uh, 20 hertz. So you are developing a very, very high resolution velocity model. And of course, we talked about the full wave field, which goes into FWI. So when you actually uh, use the derivatives to shave off this high-frequency component from the velocity updates, which we call it pseudo-reflectivity, uh, or some other people call it FWI imaging, that will uh, include uh, imaging from the full wave field, uh, including multiples, and uh, primaries and diving waves and everything, which we don't use in the classical imaging uh, procedure because in the classical imaging procedure, we derive a velocity field and the velocity field is going to migrate the primaries only because the data which goes into this migration, it's processed through, you know, the multiple uh, deghosting and a and couple of other steps. And uh, basically it's a primary image uh, only, which may suffer from illumination holes in complex areas Why the FWI full wave field uh, uh, pseudo-reflectivity may fill in these holes due to the application or usage of the full wave field. Yeah, you've, you've talked how FWI has come so far in 10 years. What do you see as the next frontier for full waveform inversion over the next decade? Well, next frontier is uh, even in the uh, the May edition of the TLE, you can see people are really pointing towards the elastic simulations over the acoustic ones. And of course, uh, that is a huge step in compute. And uh, whenever we have uh, this compute evaluable, evaluable for everybody, then uh, I assume we will uh, jump into a... Uh, real-world elastic simulation, which will mimic the acquisition a lot better than uh, the present acoustic. And I think this will be the 
the next step. And uh, I don't think it's going to take too too much time because the compute and the and the whole uh, uh, you know environment for the cloud computing is changing so rapidly. I think it will be very close in future when we can switch over to the more realistic uh, elastic simulation and de derive basically velocity fields uh, not only using the the pressure wave field updates but probably the shear updates and uh, and of course uh, the anisotropy and so on is attached to it uh, which is a lot more complex in the elastic world uh, but just to point out originally Tarantola, who was uh, the big proponent of FWI, or basically a pioneer of FWI, he never really uh, relied on the acoustic simulation. All his papers, all his publications are based on the elastic simulation, which is more realistic to to the Earth. Uh, and basically, the wave field propagation is more in line with the acquisition, what we do uh, out on the field. What is your your own favorite feature of utilizing full waveform inversion in your work? Well, I mean, uh, you know that I am so excited about this uh, long offset sparse node acquisition in the Gulf of Mexico. I think will uh, take place in other parts of the world too. But this really unleashes uh, the full power of FWI, and you see it, you know, by your eyes how bad or how ignorant we were 10 years ago, not paying attention to the subsalt and the deeper uh, velocity fields and the, its complexity, which we, is coming out very nicely with this new new long offset sparse node acquisition. And this really excites me because this is really when you see the fruits of your work it started 10 years back, you know, 15 years ago, and struggling with this shooting geometry versus that one and so on. But now it's really FWI, which makes the big difference, big, big difference in the velocity model building. Well, you have, you have stuck with this field for a while now and are seeing some amazing... Thank you so much. You know, lastly, what one piece of, of advice would you offer someone looking to succeed as a geophysicist? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very challenging question. <laughs> and I, I really, really urge anybody and everybody, there are no limits. So go for the, your ideas and push it and don't give up because there will be always a headwind. And I can tell you it's my... Uh, personal experience on FWI. I uh, presented FWI in 2007 at the SEG. And, uh, you know, based on that uh, work, there were lots of uh, people, uh, you know, pushing back on this technique and saying it's not going to work. And uh, thanks God we ignored those people and pushed, pushed until, you know, more than 10 years later, you can see, really, this is changing the velocity model building uh, worldwide, and it's a must to do, and it doesn't matter where you are. And it became a production tool and use, using it every day, everywhere in the world. And this is a kind of 
example, what I would like to give to everybody, don't give up. You will see pushbacks, but uh, just go straight and push through this uh, headwind and you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. It may take time, but you will see the fruits of your work. Well, that is speaking for someone who has been there and done that. So thank you for that great advice and, and for highlighting what's going on with Full Waveform Inversion and your latest work and good luck in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to the website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all the episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bacomjian, Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.